What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Quick updates for you on this Monday afternoon. What's going on, everybody? It's Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath here on Fantasy Football Today, and we do have some news. Tony Pollard getting the franchise tag. We already talked a little bit about Evan Ingram getting the franchise tag, but now Calvin Ridley is back. He has been reinstated. There's one report that the Titans are shopping Derrick Henry and an offensive tackle, a great one, potentially on the market as the Chiefs are not putting the franchise tag on Orlando Brown. All right, let's go through it here. And Dave, what is the biggest news that you see here? Pollard getting the tag, the Jaguars passing game, Derrick Henry potentially on the market here, or the Chiefs not putting the tag on Orlando Brown? From the fantasy perspective, it's got to be Derrick Henry getting the tag because this is somebody that we were taking in round one many, many years. This year, he's probably going to go in round two. He already has turned 29 years old. And I think there'd be interest in him no matter what team he plays on. But where could he go? And should the Titans even do it? Uh, to me, that's the most interesting one of them all. Dave breaking his own news. What? Derrick Henry it? getting tagged. I said tagged? My yeah. bad. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. The cut will happen. I'm very tired. Guys. They wish they could tag him. I, I just don't know. Like I would <laughs> They want to tag going, his luggage. I would think they're going to have to eat salary if they want to trade him. It's not that much salary. I mean, it's $10 million Six, in dead money if they, if they cut him. What's his cap number? I don't know. But if they keep him, it's uh, the cap number is $16 million. I mean, yeah, it's a big cap another great year, back, but not overall. But another he, he should be excited because all these guys getting traded are going to the Chiefs. Yes. The only one that's getting traded to go in the Chiefs is DeAndre Hopkins, not Derrick Henry. Uh, let me ask you this about Derrick Henry. Do you want to see him on another, on another team or do you want to see him with the Titans? Do you want to see Derrick Henry on another team? Is that what you asked? Yeah. The answer um, is yes. No, I think the Titans would be his best scenario. But, you know, I think if, let's just say uh, the Chiefs <laughs> would like to bring in Derrick Henry, that'd be fun. Um the Dolphins would be fun. Uh, but no, the Titans make the most sense. First fantasy buy. Yeah, I think may, maybe... I can't think of anybody that would be better because I don't know of anybody who would give him the number of touches the Titans right. have. Um, but but the, okay. the Panthers might. That's yes. a good one. 
Panthers might, and they're in ascending time. They just need the quarterback. The Gi- I thought about the Giants as a good one. What about the Raiders as a good one? If you're going to bring up the Giants, you got to bring up the Raiders. Well, the the Giants might not be able to keep both Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. And, and according to Dan Inchnier, uh, they're keeping um, they're keeping Sa- uh, Daniel Jones. Um, but I, I think if the Raiders don't tag Josh Jacobs, that's an interesting one for sure. Yeah. How about Cincinnati? Yeah, I just don't like. I would definitely not want to pay Derrick Henry sixteen million instead of paying Josh Jacobs ten million. I would much rather just draft a rookie. Right. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Schaefer also bringing up the Eagles and the Ravens as possibilities, but let's let's move on to another news item. Eagles let's, would be great too. Let's talk about that's uh, the winner. That's got to be the winner. What? Uh, no, it's not the winner. No, it, 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 Philadelphia is a bad place for running backs to go. They don't get thrown to enough. They use a committee. Oh, because and, Derrick Henry still right, Exactly. And, <laughs> and, and, and Jalen Hurts steals goal line touchdowns. It is not, not anymore. Not oh, really? Derrick Henry's there. Oh, really? They, he, Jalen Hurts would not. Yes, of course I, I, he would. I can't imagine, though, Howie Roseman is trading for a running back. He's too smart right. for that. Not unless it's like a fifth-round pick. It's got to be like the cheapest compensation possible. Man, I mean, the, the the Titans are honestly a great spot for him. They've just they give him the ball so much, as Heath said. Uh, but let's see. It's one report saying that they're shopping him. We'll see what happens. Uh, Tony Pollard is gonna, it got the franchise tag. Here's a stat: uh, five carries from Tony Pollard from the goal line uh, from two yard line or closer, and he scored on two of them. Ezekiel Elliott had eleven carries from the two yard line or closer, and he scored on eight of them. And Zeke was I went I watched all those eleven carries. He was legitimately really good in that role. Is that the only question we have about Tony Pollard? Um, you know, well, what questions do we have, Heath, about Pollard? And is can he be good at the goal line? One of them for you? Um, not at will they give him the goal line carries more so? I don't. I'm not ready to say that he's not. I don't think it's an enough of opportunities to say that he's bad at it. But will they give him those opportunities? And really, that leads into the other question: is like we've seen Josh Jacobs handle 300 plus touches. We've seen Derrick Henry handle 400 plus touches. The the question is if they decide to cut Ezekiel Elliott, can Tony Pollard actually be a feature back for 17 games or even a 280 touch back for 300 games? Well, I mean, you know what the offense is trending toward now with what they did with moving on from Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy's comments at the NFL Combine where, you know, they want to be more run heavy and you know, ball control and help the defense out and everything that he said. And so I can't imagine that it's just going to be Tony Pollard without some semblance of help. And so it's just a matter of, is it another player brought in or is it retaining Ezekiel Elliott? Now you're getting a lot of different reports today based on the Pollard tagging about where Zeke now stands with the Cowboys. And at what point, if they are going to release him, do they release him to give him an opportunity, maybe find another place to play? Or does he stay in Dallas at a lesser price? Because I don't think they want to spend as much money on their running backs as they're going to. So Ezekiel Elliott is not playing under the same deal that he has right now for 2023. So it's just a matter of whatever this you know decision comes down to. I would guess that if you're going to make this move to franchise tag Tony Pollard, you're probably saying goodbye to Ezekiel Elliott and maybe bringing in a rookie to eventually take the job because that's kind of been their MO. Remember with DeMarco Murray, it was run him into the ground and then say goodbye. They did that with Ezekiel Elliott. They ran him into the ground and then it's time to say goodbye. And so Pollard could be the bridge to whoever's next, but I don't think now that they spend a first round pick or an early round draft pick on a running back because that would probably be, again, investing too much capital in the position. But clearly they're going to run the ball. It's probably going to be some sort of two-headed backfield there 
uh, whoever is going to be there with Pollard that will kind of determine, I think, at least for me, how high I'll draft Pollard. But he's probably a second-round pick now. Yeah, Dave, what do you think them using the franchise tag on him? Which, by the way, just a reminder, I said it on the earlier show. I also made a mistake on the earlier show today that I want to correct. But uh, just a reminder that you can put the franchise tag on somebody now. You have until July to have this exclusive window to sign them to a longer-term deal. So it doesn't mean he's going to be playing on the franchise tag, but it does mean he's going to be a Dallas Cowboy. So what is it? what do you think it means about Tony Pollard's role that they did put the franchise tag on him? I mean, you're seeing the Raiders doing it with right. Jacobs, potentially. The Giants might do it with Barkley. This is a big deal for a guy who's never really been a feature back. What does it say to you about how the Cowboys are going to use Pollard this year? And they're all going to get paid the same on the franchise tag. So the Cowboys are basically saying we value Tony Pollard the same way the Raiders might value Josh Jacobs, the same way the Giants might value Saquon Barkley. And I think that speaks volumes. There were only two games last year where he played more than 60% of the snaps. I think that goes up. I think that he will be, at worst, the 1A running back for the Dallas Cowboys. I think it's a good spot for him to be in. Just because Kellen Moore is in there doesn't mean they're not going to throw to him, although that reception number could come down a little bit. And he only had 39 last year, so that's a little scary. And I'm worried about pace of play for the Cowboys. I think they're going to try and be a slower team because what, what I read into McCarthy's comment was that he wants to run more just so that the defense can get some rest. And another way the defense can get some rest isn't necessarily to run so much more, but also to just play at a much slower pace than where they were. He's an explosive running back. He definitely is round two potential in fantasy drafts. Uh, Tony Pollard, the Cowboys, by the way, Dave, were fourth fastest last year in terms of uh, pace times. Yeah, they're hitting the break. Kellen Moore scores way too quick. They got to get rid of that. (laughs) Um, Pollard, uh, I mean, by any measure, by any metric, has been one of the, I would say, one of the best running backs in football. In his four seasons, but there's a difference between doing it on on the amount of carries he's done it. And on a full workload, but just just looking right now, I have the stats up from 2019 to 2022. Every advanced metric on there, he's toward the top. It's it's pretty incredible uh, how good he's been. Um, oh, the thing I wanted to correct: we were talking about the Saints and the salary cap. I know this nobody really cares about this, but I was saying they haven't been able to keep players, and I said they haven't been able to keep Davenport. Of course, they did. I meant Hendrickson. So it's been eating at me all afternoon. So there, we got that off my chest. Uh, let's talk about Trevor Lawrence, Jamie and Evan Ingram. They'll use the franchise tag on him, and Calvin Ridley. Uh, Calvin Ridley reinstated. So we kind of talked on the early show today. You asked Heath, you guys both said you were Christian Kirk over Calvin Ridley. I know Dave will have a different take when we get to that, but we didn't really talk about it for Trevor Lawrence. Everything's coming up uh, aces right now for Trevor Lawrence, right? A hundred percent. I mean, you know, you look at it and he might have, you know, I I don't know the best receiving core in football, but probably in the top seven or eight at worst, you know, when you just look at the whole group and if they're able to play to their potential, because now Zay Jones goes from the two to the three. And you have hopefully what Calvin Ridley can become. And again, if he looks fantastic in camp and, you know, everything is is trending in the right direction, which today was the first step, then I will put Ridley ahead of Christian Kirk. But they'll be close. Uh, I, I think it's a it's an unbelievable group. And he certainly took the strides that you wanted to see with a better coaching staff and how he developed as the season went on. Um, I hope to see more of Travis Etienne in the backfield as well. But, you know, this is a team that has an opportunity to be one of the better offenses. It's one of the better play callers. Um, I do like the report. I'm sure Heath likes it as well that uh, Doug Peterson was giving Andy Reid some crap about stealing his plays in the Super Bowl. Uh, the two <laughs> touchdown plays to to uh, Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. He said he stole them from me. 
So, you know, I, I think Doug Peterson play. is going to just continue to unlock the potential of Trevor Lawrence. And now the receiving core is, again, as good as you can find. So, you know, he's he's now in that, you know, potential top five group. I don't think anybody's going to draft him as a top five guy. But, you know, number six, number seven, he's right there in terms of fantasy quarterbacks. Dave, you're on team Calvin Ridley over Christian Kirk, right? He averaged 14 PPR points per game in 2021. He didn't play that whole season. The year before that, 18.5. PPR points per game. Mind you, he was sharing for chunks of those season with Julio Jones. He was top six in targets per game, top 24 in PPR points per game in 2020 and 2021. The only way he doesn't, I don't know about the top six in targets, but he's going to get a lot of targets. The only way he doesn't come through is that as a, at least a, a good fantasy wide receiver is if there's just too many mouths to feed in Jacksonville. And that's got to be a consideration to a degree. Because they've got Kirk, they've got Zay, Evan Ingram's going to be back. Jamie talked about Travis Etienne. Maybe he catches a few more passes out of the backfield. But I think this is going to be a pass-heavy offense again. Trevor Lawrence was seventh in pass attempts overall and top 10 in yardage, top 10 in touchdowns. He's got that touchdown rate that could go up a little bit more. I like where that can go. And, and the deep rate could go up a lot more. And I think Ridley can fill those roles and, and help not only just be like the number one receiver for Jacksonville, but help them attack further downfield. Yeah, Heath, were you going to say something? Because Dave, I, I I would like you to address also Ridley versus Kirk, Kirk because I I understand what you're saying about Ridley, but Heath, go ahead and discuss that because you are a Kirk. No, guy. I don't think that's the only. I I just think we have to also accept the possibility that Calvin Ridley might not be who he was two years ago, and he definitely might not be yeah. that guy for the first half of the season. We just saw Deshaun Watson, who was one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL, look like one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL the second half of last year. So it's possible that Ridley is exactly who he was. But he's, what, 28 years old and hasn't played football for almost two years by the time the season starts. Um, if he's who he was, then I definitely think he'll be better than Christian Kirk. I think there's a pretty big difference between the best of Calvin Ridley and the best of Christian Kirk. But I just... Kirk already has the year rapport with Trevor Lawrence and Ridley has a lot of unknowns around him right now. All that's true. Except for one thing, when Deshaun Watson went to Houston or to Cleveland, uh, he was there for a while. He was there for training camp and then he couldn't be with the team for like the first 10 weeks of the season, something like that. So I don't know what that kind of did to him. Calvin Ridley can go to the Jaguars building today. He can go into his locker. He could put his, uh, you know, his clothes in there, his cleats in there, and he can start throwing with the team. He'll be a part of their OTAs. He'll be a part of their training camp. So I'm less worried about that, but that is something that we do have to keep in mind. So let's see what he looks like when training camp comes around. Let's see what the reports are like. Maybe we'll catch a glimpse of him in a preseason game. Mm -hmm. For now, I've got him as a low-end number two wide receiver, banking on him, getting back to a degree of where he was in Atlanta. It's not the exact same role but I still think he's got a chance to outperform that, which is why I'm happy to take him in early round five. Christian Kirk, I also have as a number three receiver. I don't hate Christian Kirk. I'd just rather have Ridley because I think he's got more upside. I think if, you, if you're looking at it from what the ceiling could be for both, based on where they'll play, to me, Kirk is Godwin and, and Ridley's Evans. You know, I think Kirk will end up having more targets and more receptions. I think Ridley will be more of a downfield threat and have more yards and hopefully more touchdowns. I think both could be very successful. Both could be very good fantasy options. Uh, but I think based on where Kirk will line up, 
based on the, as he said, the rapport that those guys have already established, I think the targets and, and catches should favor Kirk. It's just a matter of who will find the end zone more and who will be racking up more yards. Does that make him less explosive on a per catch basis, James? I mean, I don't really care about that for fantasy. You know, I, I think, you know, from from the, the, the perspective of who will be more explosive, it should be Ridley. So, you know, right. if, if, he, if he's Ridley, you know, and, and again, there is that risk of, you know, what what kind of player were they trading for and what kind of player were the Falcons giving up? Now, there's a lot of escalators in terms of what the incentives will be. You know, if he gets a new contract, plays a full season, there's there's all the, it, it could go from a fifth round pick to a second round pick. So obviously the Falcons are hoping that he's still a successful enough player that they're going to get some pretty significant compensation in return. And the Jaguars get the player that they're hoping for. So it was, I think it was a great gamble on both sides. But the Falcons giving up on such still a relatively young talent, you know, for uh, the off-field transgression, which I think we all would agree is very minor, um, is is a little bit somewhat of a concern, you know, because, again, what are you giving up to get back in return? You know, and so there's a lot that still has to get back to Atlanta, I think, to, to make this trade what they hope it can be. You know, so I still hope, again, he's that type of player and prove it. And I, I just have to, in my continued um, fight against Eric Bieniemy erasure, uh, Doug Peterson, Eric Bieniemy stole those plays from you and was the one who suggested them the night before the Super Bowl, <laughs> according to Chad Henney. <laughs> like, he just doesn't get credit for anything. Well, I think Andy Reid told Eric Bieniemy to suggest it. <laughs> to, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Trevor Lawrence, by the way, were they pass heavy? You know what? Interesting trend here. Uh, only 25 touchdowns for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, they were 16th in pass rate for the season, but when they got close to the end zone, that, that pass rate went down. They were 20th in red zone pass rate, 23rd in green zone pass rate, 21st in pass rate inside the five-yard line. So I'd like to see Trevor Lawrence with a few more pass attempts near the end zone. That's definitely something. I looked at the, the five years that Doug Peterson was in Philadelphia. It was an inconsistent thing. Some years, 26th in in pass rate inside the five-yard line. A couple years, he was seventh. So I would expect more pass attempts near the end zone for uh, for Trevor Lawrence next year. Just law of averages, I think, will go up. Um, real quick break here. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Chiefs in just a second. Join our bracket challenge. The link is in the episode description, and you can scan the QR code if you're watching on YouTube. Join that, baby. Let's do it. And we'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, I think we're going to wrap it up here with a little bit of Chiefs talk, not bringing back... Uh, Orlando Brown, who becomes well, not yeah, no, sorry, no, yeah, like yep, sorry, sorry, not putting the franchise tag on him. Right. He becomes one of the best free agents available. And if he gets to free agency, deal. though, they can yeah. still sign him before Tuesday. 
Okay, right. Next Tuesday, right. right. So uh, that is uh, that is an interesting development. And then Heath, what's uh, what are all the DeAndre Hopkins rumors? Heath, Chiefs insider, Chief Cummings. No, uh, what's going on? No, DeAndre Hopkins is just one of the players. It's a it's a it's kind of a meme on Twitter right now. He is one of the players who is being shopped or was being shopped apparently, um, and I think is probably expected to be traded. And he had made a comment the day after the Super Bowl about how special Patrick Mahomes was on social media. And so there was just a little bit of back and forth on that. I don't, I don't think necessarily that. I think the Chiefs are clearing up a lot of room. They also cut Frank Clark, so we'll see what they do. I Did think it come I, with the hashtag no bleep. Yeah, right. I think I also <laughs> tweeted something about Patrick Mahomes after the Super Bowl. The Chiefs will not be trading for you. Uh, I didn't. Certainly. I didn't expect that. Uh, I guess I forgot to ask you. What did you think of Travis Kelsey on SNL? I have not seen it. Oh, it was. There was I told you all stuff. I did was coach basketball this weekend. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> the monologue was funny. Did you guys see? Anybody see it? I Not saw yet. the monologue. You said something like, uh, I'm, so, "I'm such an elo- eloquent, you know, speech giver," or something. Right, like that. right, right, right. Watch the watch me pump up my teammates. They go to the, to a clip of him on the sideline going, "More, more, 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 <laughs> more." But it was very funny. And uh, a couple of the commercials he was in were were, were decent as well. Um, like the SNL commercials. All right, anything else, guys? Anything you want to talk about? Or we'll have plenty more content throughout the week. Okay, We're cool. good, but this is the exciting time of year, so I'm psyched. Yeah, it's good stuff, and we'll see what Love happens this. with uh, Daniel Jones, Lamar Jackson, Saquon Barkley. you got a lot more to talk about, so stay oh, tuned. It's Giants Day on Tuesday, baby. I hope so. I'm looking forward to it. I already got my Daniel Jones stats. I've been working on my Daniel Jones what, stats. What is your what's your like what's your hope entering tomorrow? What's the the with those two players, what is the thing that you hope happens tomorrow? Yeah, long-term deal uh for for Jones uh, com- coming in around 38 to 40 million per year, and I Oof. guess I guess franchise Barkley. Yeah. That'd be great. It, you say that, but then you make fun of every team that commits to running back. So you're saying just a one-year franchise no, for Barkley and then let him go? I think, I think for go. where Saquon's at right now, I think the franchise tag – I love what these teams are doing. Don't don't give them a long-term deal. Make them prove it for another season, and then let them walk. So at what point do good – do great high school and college football players start refusing to play running back? <laughs> exactly. It's not <laughs> fair to Saquon Barkley. Yeah, but <laughs> – but again, I think if you were to tell any high school football player, you're going to make $10 million. Ah, no, I'm well, good. <laughs> no, your best case is that you're going to get to go make $10 million in a season. Right. Your worst case is your day three pick and you're cut after your rookie year. Yes. Actually, right. it could be a lot worse than that. But <laughs> your worst case scenario is you tear your ACL in college and you never make it back anywhere. I mean, I, I guess it would come down to are you good enough to play corner? Are you good enough to play wide receiver? Are you good enough to play, right, you know? Sure. And uh, a, a position of of prominence from a salary and, and long term commitment perspective, but at the same time, you know it's it's hard to pass up being a because I mean just look a star running back in college is a pretty pretty prominent thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and right. uh, look, they're and they're also popular. Play. They're popular. You know, I and the nil money that they make is probably still pretty good too. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, uh, it's, it, you know, it's not fair to Barkley. I say sort of facetiously. He's he's obviously financially secure, but um, he deserves he deserves more than a one year, roughly ten million dollar contract. They all do. Yeah. Um, you know, this is this is this is team versus player. If you're if you're a pro player, which obviously I think most people that play fantasy are, you want to see these guys get rewarded for it. You know, I mean, they've helped you in in you know being selfishly selfishly as your fantasy manager. You know, they've helped you. You know, hopefully. Uh, win your fantasy league, but 
you know, from a team perspective, if you're a fan of the team, the last thing you want to do is see these teams invest in that position because it just doesn't pay off. I, is it a little unfair? I wish I knew. When did Zeke sign his his second deal? Um, Let's see if I can find it. I, I, feel 25? Like, I feel like he's been... 2019, I think it was. I mean, if that's the case, then he's been pretty good for the contract. I think McCaffrey's been pretty good for the contract. Derek Henry's been good for his contract. I think it's a little unfair to say they're all bad deals. I, I feel like those guys have come through. But it's not necessarily bad deals. It's just bad deals for the team because, you know, you're investing in a position that's taking money away from yeah. those, those, those players, as great as they are, with today's NFL, they're just not leading to successful finishes for those teams. You know, now granted, yeah, yeah. You, you could say McCaffrey, bad luck because Purdy got hurt. You know, they, they win that game. Do they beat the Chiefs? Who knows? You know, so um, hard to say. But, you know, I, I think any team that's looking at, okay, we're spending money now on a running back. Do you feel like any of those teams are going to be Super Bowl contenders? Maybe one, maybe two, you know, as we dissect it. But, like, the Chiefs get Derrick Henry and keep him at the same contract. You're not going to say they're not a Super Bowl contender, right? Or they sign Miles Sanders or they – you know, somehow get their hands on a Josh Jacobs or something like that. Saquon Barkley. You're not going to say they're not a contender. Right. But Yeah, but they could have Isaiah Pacheco at running back in their Super Bowl. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, you know, how, it's, many it's teams, like, how many teams okay, give a so second then, contract to a running back and already have a great quarterback? You know, it's... Right. Like, you can really you happen. can get away with the 49ers, for example, if, if Trey Lance or Brock Purdy hit because they're on a rookie deal. Right. You know, so McCaffrey being McCaffrey, and again, he's a little bit of a different case because he's not your traditional running back as we, as we think of it, you know, so it's, um, it's a little bit different, but you know, I, I think if, if you were to pay Derek, if you were to pay Josh Jacobs or pay Saquon Barkley or pay Miles Sanders or, you know, any of these guys that are free agents now, or Dalvin Cook gets released and gets another deal. I don't think anybody's looking at that and saying, okay, that team just automatically became that much better as a Super Bowl contender. They probably got better, but are they automatically now in the hunt if they don't have the quarterback? Right, yeah. A running back's not going to fix a quarterback problem, I think is kind of what we're saying. All right, guys, thanks for hopping on, doing this bonus podcast. Good stuff. We'll talk to you tomorrow with uh, another edition of Fantasy Football Today. See you later. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats.